Hello, you're listening to Common Ride with me, a podcast for fans, experts, and newcomers to talk about tokusatsu. I'm your host, James Dorrington. You can call me Kip, and I am your expert. This week, we looked at Mighty from Power Rangers, the movie. It's Morphin' Time! Hello everyone, we are back, and this week we have, well this is actually a bonus episode coming out on the Monday before our regular episode, but we are talking about Mighty Over Power Rangers the movie, and with me, Kip, is from the podcast Abusement Sparks, Andrew. Hello Andrew, how are you? Hey, I'm glad to be here, I'm glad to uh, come and ride with you man, um, I'm a fan Thank of the you. show and and I'm a huge fan of uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. I had two VHS copies of this growing up, one at my parents and one at my grandparents, so I wouldn't have to bring it with me because they knew that would be the one thing I'd be requesting when we arrived, would be MMPRTM. Uh, big fan. That's great, yeah. Uh, like, I um, really love your show, and, like, um, you talk a lot about uh, just, like, taking different concepts, turning them into, like, music parks. It's something, like, I think um, in the next week or so, I'll be on your show to make, like, yeah. a Tokyo music park. Yeah. Which I've been hoping to find. So yeah, the show is is that we my guest brings some kind of pop culture topic, and we casually brainstorm like an immersive next generation think Wizarding World of Harry Potter level, uh, you know, sky's the limit type of theme park. And I've been hoping to do a Tokusatsu one or Power Rangers specifically one um, since the show's inception, and I just haven't quite found the right guest for it. I've been screening, listening to tons of tokusatsu podcasts over the years trying to find the right you know dynamic the right guests um and the right content for my show and i think i might have found that finally with with your show i'm a big fan of, of what you and james do it's awesome well flattery will get you absolutely everywhere here and like, thank you again <laughs> no and like um i really got on to your show like when i like saw like your um your black lives matter episode and, like that was like really cool just like that um like you like took that time like from your schedule and like took that effort just to say hey also, fans know that, like, I'm aware of the world around me and I have feelings and just like, here's just like something that I believe in, which is like, um, we're not like coming out, like talking about like Reaganomics on this show, but also like we're not like shy about talking about like things that matter, which is like something too that like I really like love about your show. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, the, the Black Lives Matter thing is obviously so crucial and it's like like I said on that episode, like I have been feeling so many things and not really knowing how to express them or what I can do or, but you know, enough people told me like, you have a platform, you can do something with that. Um, as I was coming with them with this question of what do I do? So I was just like, well, I'll just do an episode with it. And luckily I had two, uh, friends who are, you know, amazing content creators. Uh, these two guys who had been guests on my show in the past and they were willing and able and very, you know, well qualified to talk about the the topic. So we had kind of like a roundtable discussion and it was my favorite episode of the show we've ever done. You know, we didn't design a theme park, but it was really meaningful. I feel like a decent like introduction um, to Black Lives Matter for someone who has no clue like what it is or or think it doesn't matter or they're like, you know, all lives matter or any of those things that are problematic without realizing they're problematic. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it's something that anyone can benefit from. and. 
I'm super happy I got to be a part of that show and put it together. And my, yeah, my guests, Sam and Godswill were both fantastic dudes. And uh, it was great. It was, yeah, my favorite episode of the show for sure. So thank you so much for specifying that you didn't do a theme park. I didn't like specify that. <laughs> and that could confuse some people to be like, what kind of theme park did they make? I, I have told some people about it. Like, you know, when people have been like, yo, what's, what's your, how's your week going or whatever? I'm like, I'm so stoked. I did this episode of my podcast where it was Black Lives Matter. And they're like, as a theme park like that? Yeah. Seemed a little distasteful. Like, no, no, no. Not as a theme park. Just talking about it. And yeah, that would be real distasteful. It's just like, Ugh. I can imagine somebody like badly doing that and being like, <laughs> right. oh, like here's like our new like um, boycott roller coaster. Oh, there's so many dark jokes that you could make right here, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> we had like a smaller problem because um, we recorded the first of our Power Ranger episodes in advance. And then we were like, oh, wait, 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 wait. We should probably address like the elephant in the room in the world. And like, we've never been like shy about stuff. So like we made sure to like come out and like that kind of stuff. So it's like a I like when I see people that like don't try and pretend that like the stuff they're talking about isn't political. Like our common writer show we're watching every week. It's about like what qualifies someone as a person. Like that's like the yeah. text. That's a political text. So I'm um, like I'm glad to like always have a view that isn't like trying to be neutral in some like dumb way. You know, totally. Unbiased. And honestly, yeah, Common Writer is has always had kind of a political or kind of edgy, uh, you know, leaning to it more than Super Sentai. I would say. So yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And also, I think as a content creator, it's you have to express what's in your heart. Like as, you know, an artist of any kind, like if something's bothering you, you should probably say something about it. As long as it's not, you know, problematic, as long as you're not going to get arrested for it, like you should use your voice to say what you believe in. I mean, unless you're trying to like convert people's religion or something crazy like that. Oh, yeah, being... as long as you're not being a dick <laughs> or like trying to like yeah, harm yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> right. For sure. Like, it's not like I'm like, hey, everybody, today we're playing with some slime and I'm going to tell you about eugenics. Like, no, that's, that's <laughs> not what I'm <laughs> that's not what we're doing. And if we are, I hope we're stopped, but <laughs> that'd be an interesting episode. Yeah. Wait, a um, eugenics theme park. Now we're talking. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I just had the worst. I can't even. Uh, one time I got caught in the mummy ride and like, I'm just imagining that like it's that kind of thing. And uh, uh, but no, um, <laughs> you mentioned really quick, actually, that um, you like had two copies of um the Power Rangers movie on the VHS, and I distinctly remember, actually, um, my older cousin, Michelle, it's been forever, um, she worked at, like, a blockbuster, like, a local, like, video store, like, and, like, I was, like, super young, but, like, uh, she would always, like, hide the Power Rangers VHS for, like, when the Green Ranger came in for, like, Green with Evil, so I couldn't find it, like, whenever I'd, like, come into, like, your video store, so, like, I'd have to like go and find it and like look around to find the VHS set. <laughs> okay, was she was she doing it for fun, like as a treasure hunt, or was it like she she knows this is what you want, so she's gonna be a jerk and like put it on top of the fridge where you can't reach it? I remember it being fun, so hopefully it was for fun. <laughs> well, when you, when you're a kid and there's like a teenager who's interacting with you, I think it's always maybe more fun than the teenager meant it to be. Like <laughs> it's just an honor to be in their presence. You know? Yeah, I remember one time like I um. Uh, went in when she wasn't working and i like freaked the person working there out because i like asked them very specific questions about like tv i was watching like oh like they had like an action figure in the front and i was like oh look like what do you think about that they're like uh i don't know and i was like okay you know <laughs> that's awesome two movies we all we like wore out were um matilda and we had like a orange like 
Golden Grail VHS of when the Rugrats went to Las Vegas. Wow. And that's one that we like had all the time and like we wore out like between me and my siblings. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh did you know Matilda was directed by Danny DeVito? Isn't that I, weird? That's a <laughs> that's, weird fact. Isn't it? I was I, some of my friends and I were talking about that movie and I was like, I haven't seen it in like twelve or thirteen years or something, but I was like, is that Tim Burton? Like I remember some really like kind of kooky camera angles and weird set designs. And then I looked it up and I'm like, what? Danny DeVito? Good for him. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it's a good I, movie. Like personally, like I like really like it for what I remember. But, like it was like the movie that me and my sister could like agree on watching. So mm. it just got like got played all the time. You know, that's wonderful. Yeah, I love that. Oh, yeah. And um, so moving forward, there's um, one new segment that we're trying out, which uh, you might not have heard of like yet, actually. But um, we're trying t- to look at like um, relevant music videos and like 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 just kind of um, see stuff we might not have seen. So if you look um. I have posted up a music video that was uh, <laughs> instrumental. Oh my! To this. Yeah, and um, oh yeah, I I remember this in the movie. I'm excited to watch the video. This video is in the podcast notes, and you can sync up with our count, or you can skip ahead to 12 minutes and 40 seconds in. One, two, three. Oh wow! <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> Whoa, the yeah graphics. Oh, man. I love the background effects so much. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. That Zordon. (laughs) I always wondered what Zordon's hands coming out of his head looked like. This is way less impressive now that we know what green screens are. (laughs) Right. How did they film this? Like the actors are on like a. Wires in front of these crazy backgrounds. This is so good. Because I think this band was like a one hit wonder in the 90s, too. I've definitely heard this song a lot of places like there's some kind of wonder. I don't know if they only had the one hit, but I've never heard of them. That's for sure. They've got such cool 90s sunglasses. (laughs) Whoa, that was cool. The the Blue Rangers, whatever kind of movement that was, his corpse just flying around. Yeah, just corpsing. Just ragdolling. Yeah. The newest dance move. Oh, I love this song. I bet there's some cool cover versions of this. Yeah, there has to be. They're just, it's a lot of energy. Like, weird 90s British pop art. Also, I love the font on yeah. It's like the uh, the Power Rangers thun- like lightning bolt thing, but it's a font. Like I want that font on my computer. Yeah, I've been like hoarding like fonts lately, actually, for like a separate project. <laughs> so I feel you. That's cool. Yeah, I I love using different fonts. Like honestly, my two of my favorite parts about doing a podcast are making the thumbnail art that I do. Like each episode, I have a different little title card looking thing. And then also the editing, the podcast, I really love both of those things. Like I going into it, I knew I'd love talking to people and designing theme parks, but those were not things I expected to love. And I actually love them both. And I always try to use cool fonts on that. Is that a nose ring in 1995? Yeah. Edgy. 
Does do bulk or skull have their nose pierced? I think they have an ear pierce, maybe between them. They definitely have ear piercings. They're they're definitely That's a kid. just That's about a kid. as edgy as you can get. Yeah, those were kids hanging out with Alpha Five. They look way too. They don't like. They kind of look like the um, how that melon song like about like being a bumblebee or whatever. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, somebody's Whoa. gonna know. Those graphics of the helmets spinning and like. That was like a kaleidoscope of Power Ranger helmets. That was so cool. Yeah, this is before they like remembered. Um, really quick, let's have a warning for epilepsy. Actually, <laughs> um, do not watch the um, shampoo by Trouble, the Power Rangers version. I think this is before they were more sensitive about that. But there's definitely a <laughs> so. warning for that. <laughs> but no, um, that's like a song. It's like kind of known from the movie. It's a. Uh, it, it's called Trouble by Shampoo. Um and. Yeah, it's like kind of what they're known for. Um, it also had like a full release in like its own music video and it's popular. Um, I like this better because the full release kind of felt like a little squicky. Like it kind of felt like uh, hmm. it was leveraging them being like attractive underage girls in a weird way. I was like, ah, but this was like a lot yeah, of fun. A- yeah, not yeah, it's a, it's a cool video. I liked that. It was tasteful, wholesome. It was definitely my vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. That's your vibe? <laughs> I mean, that background, like, if I could put a green screen background behind me, it would just be that. I mean, with an epilepsy warning, I might slow it down. So uh, it wasn't as, you know, troublesome as far as causing any kind of seizure. But I love the colors and the brightness and how 90s it is. Oh, that's what so happens good. when you go to the Shadow Realm and Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> All right, here I go. <laughs> Did you know that, like, that was an invention? Like, they just died in the original version in Japan? Like, they're just like, oh, you'll die. It wasn't like Shadow Realm. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did a uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh! theme park, and so for that, I did a lot of research in the background of Yu-Gi-Oh! And basically, the goal was to make a horror manga for kids, so you couldn't have a lot of gore and stuff. So it was like, what's the scariest, most high-stakes things you can do, like, in a kid's comic? And it's like, well, what about a game with really high stakes? And, like, you just die or like they're just like serial killers and there's all kinds of crazy stuff like it's almost like death note before death note it's so strange how edgy the original manga was um yeah because like it was like season one was like them playing cards but season zero was like random games like playing like russian roulette in like a diner and stuff and yeah like every every episode was a different game or every you know volume or probably probably every chapter i guess was a different game and uh, Duel Monsters was just one. And then that's the thing that, you know, kids were going to the store asking for Duel Monsters cards. And they're like, well, that's just from a comic. It's not real. Which, like, but, makes uh, yeah. sense. Because, like, his moniker was the king of games. So, like, just playing one game isn't great. Like, it's like, oh, <laughs> I'm that's the king true. of swimming in, in my <laughs> one pool. Hey, there's a successful anime based on uh, the king of swimming, basically. <laughs> so, uh, you never know. But, actually, I've been weirdly into... Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links the last like two or three weeks. That game slaps, yeah. honestly. It's really good if you have any interest in trading card games. The way they did it on mobile is so good and like, I won't gush about it too much but just try it out if you like trading card games. It's way more manageable than a physical real-life TCG. Yeah, I definitely, um, I as a kid played Yu-Gi-Oh! with like, high stakes. Not like death but like, <laughs> money on the line. <laughs> like, I like, would like make $60 then go spend $70 on cards. That is amazing. Good for you. Well, not good for me. That's just like a 
good way to get in fights and like not have fun just be like oh like i just have like the like winning strategy yeah that's true once you go pro it's not as much fun i guess hmm well that's still pretty cool <laughs> i stopped watching slash playing Yu-Gi-Oh around the same time but i do remember that there was like um in one of the animes like maybe like the second anime where like they're at like the private school um mm-hmm. there's this like rich kid who like gets beaten and then like in the second or third season like becomes like a like member of the good guys and um what he does is um he like stop being evil so then his like brothers who are like we were gonna like take over politics business and dual monsters and you betrayed us so that like a politician and like a businessman like come to the <laughs> island school to beat the brother to force him to be there like to be part of their plan to take over the world that's amazing it, it is also it's really funny like so many of those kinds of shonen uh, shows or comics are like the world just revolves around this one game or like in pokemon everything anyone's ever doing is about pokemon like yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh is like the way that culture communicates is through this one card game. <laughs> it's crazy. Really fun. But no, uh, before we go too long, actually, probably talk about the shit that we were talking yeah. about. We talking yeah, about let's the do it, man. I'm ready. Power Rangers, the movie, the 1995 one, not Saban's Power Rangers from 2017 or whatever. Um, but yeah, so this came out around the end of season two, start of season three. Uh, we just did an episode on the start of season three where they become ninjas. It's wild how it's basically the same plot as this, just like lightly changed. Like the hot lady becomes like the ninja costume guy and that kind of stuff. But besides it, it's the same. So this is like the height of Power Rangers mania. And, uh, there's a lot to talk about in this movie, huh? <laughs> there sure is. Yes. No wonder my young mind was so fascinated by it. It's uh, truly a work of literature. <laughs> that's that's really damning it with the faintest of praise, calling it a work of literature. <laughs> but yeah, um, it starts with a cool opening scrawl narrated by Dulcia, the hot lady. I-, I didn't even notice that that was her. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. She's not really that important, but she frames the movie, so... And she is an owl, too, in one scene, randomly. Yeah. So she's got that going for her. I'm glad she got something, and that's to be an owl. Good for her. I mean, yeah, she's got a good life. She really does. So, yeah, this text scroll, like, it looks kind of like Star Wars thing, which I I know is taken from old serial films and whatnot, but... They use all caps like in Star Wars yes, for like yes, yes. The, the characters like Zordon is all caps. Zords are all caps. But Alpha 5 is just not just just the A is alpha as uh, capitalized. And I felt really bad about that. I mean, sure, they're not like sentient like or not, you know, a living life form. But oh. neither are the Zords. <laughs> neither are the Zords. So where's where's their all caps? There was a lot here, actually, where like. As somebody who's like done some script writing, I was like, wait, 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 this is just how you like write a script. Like you capitalize the first use of the name of a character or like it's Mm -hmm. just like this just kind of reads like the page at the front of a pitch for the movie, like more than even like a summary. Like it just like it's like, here's the information that 
an executive needs to see when they look at the story page of the like pitch they get more than like something written for the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It I don't know if it's that as captivating as the classic Star Wars opening crawl thing, but it is there and it does kind of talk about what's going on. There were two noticeable like plot things. Uh one was um they retconned Tommy to being it at the start because they said like Zordon found six teens, oh, which is cool. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And I went like to the Wikia because like I've been doing that to like find episodes. So like I also went to see like, hey, what's up with like, and like it's all separated. Like, oh, here's like Tommy Oliver, nineteen ninety five movie version. And like I guess in like one toy they say he was the Green Ranger before becoming the White Ranger. So that's like the canon there, which is. Hmm. Yeah, but like they just kind of like retconned him to being from the start, which makes sense, honestly. Um, and they say that Zordon is from Eltar, and like that's like where they get their powers in Turbo. <laughs> so that's like cool that they at least have some continuity there. That's cool. Um, I saw on the uh, IMDb trivia section that there was one of the releases of this movie, or like a very early release of it on VHS where the bad guy from Power Rangers Turbo the movie was like on the cover of Power Rangers Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie on the like he was the wrong bad guy was on the cover like faintly like he wasn't like the only thing on there but that seems so weird like maybe they're trying to connect the two films together more or something I don't doesn't make sense to me but that Eltar thing is another piece of evidence for that that's extra weird because like maybe that was like just a mistake but I remember like in the Space Power Rangers the season after Turbo they just used the design from the Turbo movie for, like, the main villain in that show, too. Huh. So there's, like, a lot of confusion there. But Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Um, Kids won't notice, right? Just, uh, whatever. Like, you and James were discussing kind of the difference between Super Sentai and Power Rangers and how Super Sentai makes so much more sense. <laughs> I mean, because Power Rangers was doing a lot without changing the original footage. So there's yeah. going to be some discrepancies and stuff, but... I also think it was kind of something I honestly a little bit admire as a creator of like, well, let's just put some out the door. Like, doesn't have to be a masterpiece because um, a lot of times I feel like I just keep, you know, polishing this rock and I never share it with anybody, <laughs> you know, which that's not good. Uh, you should really just finish your artwork and put it out there because it'll never truly be finished. So I need to learn more from from Haim Saban and just say, eh, another episode's coming out this week. So <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Heim Savon like does kind of follow that like very R.L. Stein formula of just like <laughs> do it constantly and people Dude. will remember 17 of the 80 things you do yes. like just by whatever you know like who remembers okay. like the third or like 12th like Goosebump book versus like two they do you know you have a great point there's a podcast called Goosebuds where they go through and read those books together it's a really funny show but every book is actually secretly terrible if you look at it as an adult but uh, I got a masterclass subscription for my birthday. It was an amazing gift. Get it for your loved ones. Masterclass rules. But R.L. Stein did an, did a masterclass. And it's basically just like, ah, you know, I don't really think of stuff. I don't really put my heart into anything. And uh, I just, I come up with an idea and I write the book and it's stupid and who cares? And like, I'm like, this is your like legacy to the world about your creative perspective. And he literally is like, I don't write with my heart. Like I literally have never written a book with my heart. I've written, you know, 200 books and I don't care about any of them. And it was just some idea I had. And, uh, I come up with the title first, come up with a cool title. And then you can just crap out a story that works with that. And it's like, dude, it's, you're, you're aware of it. I thought 
you were trying to make art, but no, he just knows what he's doing. And that's a vibe, I guess. I have like a really bad, like attention span thing where sometimes I'll just like make movie scenes. So I'm just imagining like <laughs> the scene in like a movie where like, it's like a character has like a gun and like another character is like walking across like a wire to get to them, to calm them down. And then, and it's like just the puppet from like goosebumps being like, no, they say you have to kill your darlings. Then like R.L. Stein just like says, you were never my darling and throws them off the roof. <laughs> how much he doesn't care about his own characters is a lot. Right. Or he wouldn't even care enough to kill Slappy. He would just turn around and walk away. <laughs> uh. If like R.L. Stein made like Freddy Krueger, for example, just be like, oh no, I have no power because nobody believes in me. Not even my creator. <laughs> That's a good mashup right there, actually. Like the ultimate foil for Freddy Krueger is R.L. Stein. Who just doesn't care about anything. <laughs> yeah, because like before we had Hey Teens, before we had Snapchat, we had Goosebumps. Just more stories to forget. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, the ephemeral nature of humanity. We got there, people. <laughs> I personally can imagine that writing 200 books um, is something you see less nowadays, unless it's like erotica that's like really repetitive. But like, <laughs> it probably gets harder now that you're not trying to be like problematic or racist because like i'm sure there's a couple sure. of rl stein books that are just like the gypsies womb and you're like oh the gypsies womb huh don't really love that one rl stein but it's it was the 90s yeah, so we didn't see that's a good point and like you know wikia existing or wikia or however you say it like basically things being so much more transparent and fandoms having access to so much more stuff you know there's there's yeah. just a lot more permanence to everything that's created these days where people are going to notice if you keep using the same exact trope in every single thing you write, whereas, you know, dumb kids back then might have not have noticed that about either Power Rangers or Goosebumps or anything, really. Hmm. I don't think you were meant to rewatch episodes of Power Rangers because there's like a lot That's of like reused footage. Yeah, especially not as an adult. <laughs> so the movie starts. Well, we got from the title crawl to the start of the movie. We made it. We did it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, OK, we can pick up the pace. Uh, they're all um, skydiving together. All the Power Rangers, including Bulk and Skull, which like makes sense as like a movie, but doesn't make sense with the characters like them being bullies or whatever. Like they're all in in this plane and they like have catchphrases as they jump out of the plane and do flips and stuff. And parts of this were filmed on a green screen. The parts where you can see the actors' faces, which to me was very impressive. Like I didn't notice that at all watching the the movie. Yeah, compared to some of the use of computer effects later i was like oh that's actually impressive to hear compared to some yeah. stuff they do later right absolutely and like there's some joke about like um bulk and skull like they almost got their parachutes but um like red hot chili peppers is playing but it's the song higher ground which is like great i'm glad that you just like wore the effort on the sleeve for some of this stuff but um something we were just saying at our last episode about like power rangers was that um it's almost like a weird inverse of like star trek and how like gene roddenberry was like oh in the future interpersonal conflict doesn't exist like the characters for the power rangers are so thin that they can't have like plot like or like character based starts to stories or like stories so things just kind of have to happen which is why they're constantly doing like pie eating contests and like scavenger hunts the only way to make the plot happen (laughs) right you can't just have a character story or even really a character moment it has to all be about conflict there's no you know man versus himself plots 
I mean, I guess Green Ranger, you could say, but there's also a lot of fighting and a lot of other people trying to influence what's going on there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good observation. That's interesting. Like, things happen to the Rangers. They don't, like, need or want or interact, really, with each other or, like, the world. Uh, Wow. Yeah. And this movie from the start and does not stop. Um, I'm not sure if this is the right thing to say anymore, but I still think it means this. But, like, it just never stops like sucking Tommy's dick. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but yeah, Tommy is really awesome and really shines in this movie. He gets all the cool, cool stuff. Cause he's surfing in the sky. And then like, I never realized that like they're all skydiving to hit a target. Cause it's the nineties that people can't like help their community or donate. They have to like go to like sports events to like raise yeah, money for stuff. They're doing a jumpathon because you know, Ryan's comet is coming in two days and uh they need to save the observatory so as soon as as soon as tommy lands like people run up to him and are like hey you saved the observatory <laughs> yeah but like okay cool they never go to the observatory or do anything with it and also like i always thought it was like orion's comet or Haley's comet not ryan's comet which i really like no just some guy named ryan <laughs> and like they like immediately are like oh whoa the power or like the teens are gonna set a record and then Tommy, like the way to have him one up everybody else landing on the bullseye is that he lands in the bullseye to set the record for the most people to hit the bullseye. And that was just really right, funny. So he has to, to land last. Yeah. It's also, yeah, it's the, I mean, this, the like skyboard or whatever, snowboard in the sky thing is super cool and super iconic from that opening scene. But why doesn't everybody get one? They're all cool. They're all capable. They're all, you know, athletic or whatever. Surely that would be a better new record that they'd be capable of, of beating. But yeah, that part was super cool. He also briefly meets Fred, who like I remember like being in this movie way more like the kid. But he like has yeah. one scene at the beginning, one scene at the end with the Power Rangers. That's it. I mean, he does kind of save the day. But yeah, he's just some kid um, and he's he's got a dad. Yeah, and, uh, that's that sure is exciting, huh? It's real exciting. Um, But then I like remember the rollerblading scene after skydiving scene. But it was just like. I wrote down this rollerblading scene makes this seem like the start of like a cult orgy fever dream because they're (laughs) all just in color coded outfits rollerblading together doing like one liners like they go from skydiving to rollerblading for no real reason and just like it's it's so 90s man it's so extreme and 90s and by the way I rollerblade as my like old man replacement for my skateboarding exercise when I was younger and it's a wonderful hobby I love it but also um, I was in a band in college and I was I wanted us to do this Power Rangers thing where we would like always wear a couple articles of clothing of our color like each of us so I always wore like some kind of yellow shoes and like I would have some kind of yellow either on my like jacket or my t-shirt or whatever and nobody else got in on the game, but every single, you know, performance photo, I have something yellow that's very noticeable. Because I'm like, guys, wouldn't it be so fun if it's like people look back at these pictures? And they're like, look, wait, were these guys the Power Rangers <laughs> like in disguise? Because um, it's not subtle the way that they do this on the show or the movie. Yeah. Like, they always have coordinating designed outfits with which highlight their specific color. And I just love that. It's so cheesy and it's it's just chef's kiss. Especially when they have to make it work like with the flannel, because everybody at some point has like a, <laughs> a like accurately colored flannel outfit to match their color. And with Tommy, there's one where he's just like in like four shirts and one of them's like a flannel green shirt. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic Tommy look. 
He's got like a, a, a vest and then there's like a tank top underneath that. And then there's a flannel on top of that and a flannel tied around his waist. He's the man. There was one where he had like a mesh shirt over a tank top with a vest over it. And <laughs> I like, can you imagine the courage mm. to get out? Because he's like, he's just like, I'm the man. I'm the number one in the high school. I'm the man. <laughs> no more Jason. He went to like Switzerland or whatever. I'm the man. Yeah. And you do feel bad for, for Jason. Um, just being totally just stomped and, and um, Rocky. Yeah. The Red Rangers got a bad man. The one time they do though, after this, they're the main character. Like after that first cast leaves, like once they get in, in like more modern stuff. But um, one good thing I do want to say, there's actually one really good piece of filmmaking in this movie and like the power rangers are shitty teens and they like rollerblade through this construction site but like it actually sets up the scene they're going to be back to later by showing it us like from afar in the light and it like Hmm. actually like sets up the fight later really well which that's a good point yeah yeah that's kind of some cool foreshadowing i didn't really notice that and I also liked that a lot of the rollerblading scenes were the actual actors. Like, you can see their faces, and they're doing some stuff that's not easy to do on rollerblades. So it's kind of, I don't know, I was like that when the actor does some of the stunts. They're super Pretty impressive, cool. honestly. Like, they do yeah. a ton of their own stunts, like, um, and, like, they introduce the ninja stuff, and, like, in the show, it looks terrible because it's, like, covering their faces. But, like, before that, they were clearly doing their own stunts in, like, a lot of these, like, fight scenes, like, where it's just, like, the actor for Billy just <laughs> lipped four times. Yeah, he does a lot of like back handsprings and stuff. And I guess at one point, um, there was like a pass of filming this movie where the their costumes didn't have the visors yes. in, like where you could see their eyes. So that meant the actors had to do the stunts themselves, and then they ended up going back and refilming it with visors covering their eyes. But that's still pretty cool. I do actually want to talk about that because um, one really important thing in this movie is you can tell that sometimes it happens with like. TV and movie and like when there's crossover like that Hollywood directors or like film directors are like oh that's TV shit like we know what to do and like Mm -hmm. there's lots of stuff here like them adding sound effects to fight scenes I did not remember like the way they like um, tried to do it without visors because that would look good could you imagine like if like every scene of the Power Rangers like you could see their faces that would have looked so weird yeah that would have been super weird yeah and I I think, you know, they got a higher budget for this. Like originally they were going to make it look like the show, but why did they have new costumes? It's never revealed. It's never, wait, is it commented on when they first started revealed in their new costumes? They're like, they're really cool looking costumes. Like I I went crazy in the theaters as a kid, but like, this is technically its own canon. So like, it's not like they get their ninja swords in like a different arc entirely. Like, um, like the one we, just covered in like part seven which like they go to like a desert full of traps and they meet like a ninja god who gives them new powers hmm that makes that makes sense because it is weird that they get their ninja powers and then at the end then they get their regular costumes back like once they find their mojo they're like oh you can have your old costumes back your old new costumes yeah because they kept the same costumes from the first season they adapted for all three mm-hmm. of the seasons they adapted so Right. It's only after like Zeo where they change them. But um, yeah, because like they adapt three seasons for Power Rangers. The White Rangers from the second one, the rest are from the first one. And then like this last like ninja season, they like actually do a weird like third and a half season called Alien Rangers, which no one remembers, where the Rangers all get turned into kids. Was there was there like a 
like a snowboard thing that could go through space or something like that. That was later in either okay. like space or lost galaxy. Or it's Astro hard. or something. I don't remember, man. Yeah. I pretty much fell off after like the movie and maybe a couple more seasons, but that was pretty much the end of it for me until high school when I got back into it. Yeah. We might get back after we're done with Mighty Morphin and like take a break, then do like Zeo and Turbo and stuff. But like, even then that's probably like a little while away, but um, yeah. So bulk and skull parachute into to the construction site convince them that they're like here to inspect the site because they just found a big symbol seal and if you're like first off they've dug like 20 feet in the ground and they found like a crypt which i think is really funny so like in my head it was like in the 20s they found it and we're just like let's leave that for the let's leave that for the <laughs> 90s let's leave that for them <laughs> and then like it's possible pops out like a whole egg and a claw pops out and you think they would like tell someone and like there's police there, but you think the power would be there sooner. Not like that night. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know if they're trying to wait until the construction guys go home for the day or, mm-hmm. you know, and then by then they have to get dinner and take a shower and then they can get their costumes on and go. But I don't know. At this point, I think we see, um, we see the Rangers go to their command center, which is also redesigned. There's a new alpha. There's a new Zordon. Zordon actually looks kind of good besides when he has a body later but like the rest yeah. of the command center is like super designed and like super bright it looks good i think some of the redesigns work all right i think the white ranger looks good but i don't think the rest of the ranger suits look great like the pink ranger especially looks pretty bad yeah it's kind of weird like it looks so so sporty and like i don't know there's like vents on their like chest pieces and stuff <clears throat> it's kind of weird i i guess those costumes actually weighed like 40 pounds though so like just wearing them would have been a feat of strength, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, there was like um, a common Rider show from like a few years back, Common Rider Kiva, where like um, the main the main rider is like a vampire that kind of has like metalish armor and like chains to show that like they're half human and their powers are restrained. So like wow. pretty early, they're like, oh hey, you figured out how to unrestrain your powers, so you can wear this costume that's not breaking your neck. So like they're like known for getting like their final power pretty early compared to other seasons because it was just like oh we need to like not hurt the stuntman <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense thoughtful stuff gotta love those actors unions yeah and like uh there's a lot of like people in like their 50s are like the ones wearing like a lot of like the like sword costumes and stuff and just like a very like important craft over there and like in like those like productions you know mm-hmm. oh for sure we beat Zed and Rita and Goldar and a pig who's never seen from before or again. Yeah, Mordaunt. Um, he replaces Squat and Babu or however you say it, Babu. Yeah. Um, he also has a monocle, which is kind of weird. He's like a weird amalgamation of those two characters, but he's just in the movie and he's just a pig who says a few little lines and nothing consequential. He's Goldar's cousin, apparently, who came for summer oh, vacation. Wow. That's what the wiki I didn't says. Know that. I don't That's know what cute. that means. I love that backstory. That's great. It kind of reminded me of there's this weird anomaly, which if you're a Studio Ghibli fan, uh, go out in the world and find stuff from my neighbor Totoro. And there's a girl on the cover with an umbrella in the rain. And it's not either of the main two girls. It's like some weird hybrid of the two of them. And like her outfit and her hair and everything is like a mashup of the two main characters. But the two main characters aren't on the cover. It's some third girl you'd never see the whole movie. And it's so weird. And it's kind of the same thing here where 
they took Squat and Babu and kind of mushed them together into Mordaunt. And it's like, who asked for this? Who is this guy? Why is he in the movie and those two pretty cool characters are not? Really weird. Weird call. I don't get it. For toys or merchandise, or they, or they thought it wasn't cool enough, um, we see them, the bad guys come down and they open the egg and out comes, um, out comes Ivanus, who probably the most iconic part of this whole movie. He's a real good oh, villain. Yeah. yeah, the actor is fantastic. He's super like uh, theatrical and like Carnival Barker-ish. And by the way, he did used to rule planet Earth 6,000 years ago, and he's described as a morphological being, and then later he's referred to as a cosmic being. So, uh, yeah, he's a, a pretty cool guy, and he was getting ready to enslave the universe with these giant robots called the Ectomorphicon Titans. Um, but then some, you know, 6,000 years ago version of the Power Rangers lured him into a hyperlock chamber and buried him underground in this construction site. Yeah, so he's just very, like, he's just, like, very much, like, a 90s Hollywood villain that talks a lot. Like, he says lots of, like, little stuff, like, um, there's just, like, recurring gag where he can smell teenagers and stuff, and he's, like, spitting out monsters. Canonically, it doesn't make sense to me why he speaks the way he speaks. For one, that he speaks English, but, you know, it's a film for an English-speaking audience, but... He knows all these like pop culture references and he hasn't been around for 6,000 years. And like he also comments on what he missed while he was locked up. So how did how did he know that the the Renaissance and the Black Plague or the Black Death and like the Brady Bunch reunion were happening while he was in there? It seems so strange to me unless he has some kind of communication device and he has like a TV that's like that he has in there. That'd be nice. But I don't think they had those 6,000 years ago. I don't know for sure, but I doubt it. Although they did have Zords 6,000 years ago, so what am I talking about? They probably, he had probably had a cool, like, iPad down there. Yeah, maybe just, like, a cool little, like, stone that will show him stuff. Um, there's some fun dialogue. So, this, it's weird, because um, they recast Rita again. It's not the original Rita, who was, like, the Japanese actress in that show. It's not the Rita they recast her with in the show around this time. It's another Rita. And they also, wow. like, redo, like, Goldar and Zed's costumes, and, like, they don't look great, honestly. Like, I think, like, Goldar and Zed kind of look pretty bad in the new version. I liked them, but I didn't see them side by side with the show to compare them. Like, I haven't watched the TV show in, like, four or five years, so I don't actually remember. But I always liked the design of, of both Goldar and Zed. Uh, all the bad guys, really, like, the main series bad guys. Um, and I thought they looked okay in the movie, but I haven't compared them side to side. You might be right. There's some line from Rita, which is, like, finally a real man, which he meets Ivanus. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah. strange uh, stuff. I, I do love Zed has this cool phrase where he says, I'm Lord Zed, sworn enemy of all that is good and decent. Like he just he knows he's a bad guy and he's like, yeah, yeah I'm a bad guy. Like nice. they're, they're such simple villains. They have no motivation for what they're doing except to be the opposite of good and decent. Like they're just <laughs> they're just bad guys for bad guys sake. Good for them. And like um, he turns into a cop just to like have a scene where he like transforms into himself to like to mess with the rangers who like they stealthily rollerblade in instead of even like being teleported they like rollerblade in and it's just like a yeah um and he spits out some ooze monsters or this might be lightning not spit but um and they look kind of cool honestly like they're like a good design they're scary like they're they're pretty creepy there's one shot um in this fight that's coming up where like one of those creatures looked like um Michael Myers, like the mask kind of, 
It was pretty cool. Like, a kind of spooky look. There's, like, these dirty, weird skull bird things. Yeah, this movie kind feels of like... It's, like, um... It makes, like, a lot of Star Wars, a lot of Jurassic Park, a lot of, like, Dark Crystal, too. And, like... Mm. It's, like, just, like, trying to catch people's attention to the style. And, and the movie was, like, a big success, so it works. But it, like, does... It can't help but feeling, like, rather derivative. But, um... And there's just, like awesome song that plays while they fight these ooze men is what they're called and it's a and the song goes like action boy now action girl now do your action yes. the soundtrack is so good there's so many like cool rhythms and cool drum parts and like the start of each song is really cool like i the soundtrack is honestly really surprisingly good it's just there's so much weird places where like they just kind of had money for this i guess and they didn't know how to spend it there's one scene where like Billy and Kimberly just keep flipping for like three yes. minutes to get to yeah. the other group because the um the oozmen are too strong, so they have to morph. Um, and like there's like some line like you ooze, you lose. There's tons of lines, but like so many like dumb that. cheesy lines and like goofy insults that don't make any sense. But it's just like, hey, here's a thing you can say to somebody. It's it's just random random stuff. Um, I've recorded more than one episode this week of like Have a Ride with Me, and it's maybe my fourth time hearing some variant of Have a Nice Trip to You Next Fall. <laughs> Including one time where Tommy says Have a Nice Flight when he kicks someone, right before Kimberly says Have a Nice Trip. Wow. I think this was the first place I heard that expression, so I thought it was kind of clever, but then I was like, oh, that's just a pop culture thing that people have been saying forever. And I like their like their version of the movie theme song is actually really good as is their like morph and their like color coded morphers. Those are all really solid. Like not the suits themselves, I'd say, but like their like colored morphers and like female rock orchestra version of the theme. Yeah, it's really cool. Let's rank them really quick. The order of the suits. I'd say the white ranger suits, probably the one that's hurt the least. It looks the best. Yeah, I mean, that one is probably always the coolest looking suit. Um, hmm. I'm gonna pull up a picture of this. Maybe the black ranger because like the black like slims it. Sure. Yeah, that's a good description. Uh. Um. Hmm. The red ranger looks bad. What part about him looks bad? Would you say his helmet? Yeah, because that's such an iconic helmet. This picture I'm seeing has the green ranger in it. This must be like photoshopped or something. Yeah, people have photoshopped them. Um, maybe like the blue or yellow ranger is probably next. Pens. Uh, what do you think? the tiebreaker for the third best between the blue and, and the yellow ranger. Um, I'm always more partial to the blue ranger costume. Plus yellow loses points for the really dorky lights, like the special power that the suit has where oh, it's like yeah. the eyes glow with his headlamp. Ugh, minus points. And um, then the red ranger has like the Gordy, the forge visor when he's scanning yeah. the whole scene. Um, and I love that the heads up display on his like, you know, detective vision thing says his name like it, has, it says rocky on it like oh thanks i forgot my own name i'm glad that's on my heads up display so maybe it's uh white black blue yellow and then pink and then red or red then pink Ooh, this is your option they're both bad they're both bad honestly i think that the um pink ranger's helmet is bad i don't know it's yeah. hard I don't know if it's much worse like than the TV series, but it does look really bad. Like in this picture I'm looking at, it looks so dorky. It looks cooler in the show. It's definitely way more angular. 
um, in this design. It's, I don't know, it looks really dorky. So I'm going to say pink is the worst, actually. So white's the best, pink is the worst. I'd agree with that, honestly. Um, one Because the red one at least kind of looks like it did in the TV show. Pink ones just looks like crap. The one thing I would say, though, is that um, two things I do like or did notice about these costumes is one, I like that their um, their coins change on the suit itself when they get ninja powers. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that was interesting, but it also kind of didn't make sense to me because the coin was different than the animal that their costume was based on. Yeah, that is true. Um, and like lots of fans have done like cool mock-ups of like making the coins match better. But um, so basically, um, the coin on the chest it never made sense to me growing up. Like besides like marketing reasons but actually um when i watched the toys that made us on power rangers um mm. they mentioned how like the auto morphing figures that had the coin on the chest were their best-selling toys like mm. they sold like 60 percent of their merch was these figures where the heads would flip between like ranger and like not ranger heads so oh, yeah i'm wondering that's probably why they made the coin the center so they'd look more like those toys smart yeah and then they can sell more of them yeah um they keep fighting here um they destroy these Usman. They like blow them up into pieces. They um, make them splat places. Um, it's cool. I like that effect of like when they throw them and they like go flying into a you know concrete like column and they just explode into ooze. Or there's one shot where one's like falling onto a grate and the camera is on the other side of the grate. Yeah, that one. So stuck like with as me. soon as it hits, yeah, it's like if that had been blood, it'd be really traumatic. But it's just ooze, so we're good. Um, but they're cool shots. Like kind of kind of cool stuff i um do like how they have a bunch of one-time use weapons and gadgets that they never have in the show so it's like um they had like pink ranger has like a whip for tripping people and the blue ranger has like a taser and then like a it's like a grappling hook type thing yeah like grappling hook too like maybe it's not a taser but like it's like a grappling hook it is called the blue stega stinger which doesn't really make any sense but the hey. only reference to being dinosaurs they have uh, in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's this great moment where like the Blue Ranger goes to help the Yellow Ranger and he like flips four times, spins an officer his hand up. <laughs> that was my, my favorite part of this whole thing. It's it's parkour like it's supposed to be uh, creative. It's not supposed to make sense necessarily. And um, <laughs> fight ends by Tommy using his sword Saba that's sentient and it flies yeah. into the air and cuts a rope using its laser eyes, not its sword body, which I really yeah. always thought was weird as a kid. Pretty strange stuff. And then um, the kids like lose their powers at this point, don't they? Or yeah, cause this is when Ivan yeah. has gone to the power um, on like, the command center and like beat the crap out of it and like been like, I missed the Spanish Inquisition and <laughs> smallpox and the plague and the Brady Bunch reunion and that stuff. Which that line supposedly was an ad lib. Like he just added on the Brady Bunch reunion. But I think that definitely is the funniest line of that. That whole dialogue or monologue or whatever is like he's upset that he missed the Brady Bunch reunion. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a joke for the parents in the audience. That one. Yeah. Like you could kind of tell that like he was like, I'm a film actor in a <laughs> movie full right. of TV actors. I mean, I this guy is like a pretty good actor who plays Ivan News, and like the fact that he was willing to sit through seven hours of makeup to be in this movie, and then like he would keep, um, I think, current juice, like some kind of dark fruit juice, in his mouth between takes to keep his tongue 
that weird dark oh, purple black cool. color. I know, isn't that neat? Like he went so above and beyond what what you would expect a you know like well known or somewhat well known actor to do for Power Rangers the movie. But it really makes that villain really makes the movie so impressive. Kudos. Apparently, like one of those actors who like has been like in tons of stuff but isn't like super famous like so like it's like cool that um like he's um just like this silent character actor um and um there's this great moment though where um no so i said seeing this movie last i've been exposed to like the internet and people talking about like shipping culture and that kind of stuff and sure there's part of me that was like man did zordon and ivan used to date because the way they're talking is very like <laughs> A lot of tension. They definitely there. have a history from six thousand years ago. Like Ivan Ooze is like, oh, Zordon still using kids to do his dirty work. I was like, wow, they there's a little there's some spice in there. That is what Zordon's doing. Like Zordon isn't like, yeah, clean hands in this. He's just like, oh, I got to use teens to fight, and like it's dark stuff. And yeah, I've I've written some kind of Power Rangers like fanfic type stuff, or basically like standalone um, comic ideas that were inspired by Power Rangers over the years. Nothing's actually been produced, but it was just ideas, you know, just little stones I've been polishing and then never sharing with anyone. But I'm always that's always a thing I like to criticize is like, why? Why is he looking for teens with attitude? Like, is it because they is it like a cult, like trying to, like, you know, find the right kind of prey who won't, um, you know, tell their parents? And like, it's pretty dark, honestly, like why? teenagers not why why not do like what the army does and like you know wait till someone's at least an adult uh seems kind of weird seems pretty dark and manipulative to me so zordon should start like an esports team and just be like "Ooh, <laughs> please commit war crimes for me i'm so <laughs> odd uh, wow no uh yeah uh, i don't know of uh, in some seasons they kind of say like oh they're a little older or they like the last people or like they're connected to the power in some way. Like it shows them or like yeah, bloodline. The, the they don't do that. Morphin grid or whatever. I'm sure has something to say, not just Zordon plucking them out of thin air. Yeah. Um, it's also a TV show, not reality. So you got that going for you. They come t- to see Zordon's body because he has a body now and he's like, yeah, dying. but he's like in a weird, weird, like yoga pose. And he's wearing like, a sack made out of elephant skin and he doesn't yeah. have, like have any arms or legs right like i don't i think he's in like a weird baby pose but he's in this weird outfit where you can't see any of his limbs he's in like a it's hot tub strange. if the hot tub's water was like flesh <laughs> yes that's true and there's a rim of of sharp crystals on the edge it looks cool but it's really weird and it just shows how strange his body is and kimberly's so sad she's like she says multiple times like Oh, Zordon, you're like a father to us. I was like, really? Is he? <laughs> He's just like a head in like a tube, right? He's just an interdimensional being trapped in a time warp or whatever. I don't think he's even, I don't know if he intentionally is there for you guys. I think he just got stuck somewhere and wanted to do some some actions. I do like um, in the 2017 film that they kind of added that he was a Power Ranger back in the day. I like that that plot detail a lot. No, like that like totally makes sense. Um and the Rangers use less their energy to go to planet. I forget what it's called. Crap. It's uh, like Phoebus or something. Um, Phoebus, I think. Phaedus. Phaedus, yeah. Yeah. Um, or Phaedus. And while they're leaving there, that's when um, that's when Ivan Ooze 
takes over the evil moon base, which actually I think looks worse than the one in the TV show. It, it's just bigger, but they don't really do any scenes in it besides like him magicking them into that globe and him like snotting that army of tangas, tangus. They're tangus. Tangus. Yeah. It, yeah. In the they're, show, they're, they're tangus. tangus in the show. Yeah. yeah which is kind of weird. Um, yeah. So kind of strange. And they get to this, this beautiful um, Australian planet <laughs> yes, where people still speak English and they have the same kinds of animals we have on earth. Um, but they do have this giant skeleton dead creature that has like a dragon ball Z scouter on. And yes, that's cool. I like that. But then they have regular dinosaurs from earth and like, it's just so weird. Like did earth culture evolve from this, from, Fados, like, is that where we came from? Is that where ninjas came from? Is is that where Earth's habitats, Earth's like creatures came from? It's so weird to me. Yeah, how similar it is to Earth, and like, while well, definitely being alien, they get spotted by like a hooded Obi Wan like figure, but hot. <laughs> um, yeah, Obi Wan wearing a bikini who identifies as female. Yeah, and um, so she's just like a knockoff of like Red Sanja. Or like Xena and like mm-hmm. just like her weird sticks that she makes like because they get like attacked by the kind of the bird monsters like the Tengu yeah and they can't do it because they can't morph um and I guess this fight scene was originally like when they first filmed it was much more like violent and like the kids just like got wrecked by the Tengu and like there's a lot of like blood and stuff and then they refilmed it because parents were already mad enough about the TV show being too violent that they were like we don't need to show blood and like have all this crazy stuff but. Even in the refilms per part, like the the actors look like they're getting hurt. Like there's some hard hits that happen on this planet. Like it's pretty intense stunts um, out of costume that are that are impressive to me. There's one scene where like the Blue Ranger like runs up a rock wall and the bird that's flying at him like breaks its nose on the wall. That always looks pretty brutal yeah. to me. Yeah, um, that looks painful. And they and like this scene almost exactly happens in the Power Rangers episode where they're in the desert trying to find they're trying to find their ninja powers. Hmm. It's like a little different. Like there's no like hot lady, but she comes <laughs> down with um her sticks that spin and like I'm glad that the the enemies were birds <laughs> that couldn't stand the sound. I guess yeah, I guess it's just the sound, but so the tank you fly away at this point, but we're going to learn later when they they fly by the way, they fly with their wings through outer space yes. back to planet Earth. Um, and then they, they talk to Ivan Ooze about that. And they're like, oh, there was some giant creature with these sticks. And when, when they were spun, it made this horrible noise. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Like, we go way back. But it's just so weird. Like, I think that's her special power is that she can spin sticks because Ivan Ooze is familiar with that. It's not just, hey, there's birds. Let me make a sound. Like, I think her special power is... She can turn into a, an owl for one, but she can also spin sticks around and make a sound like and live forever. Just a cool trick. As long oh, as she yeah. And she's immortal. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and yeah, very strange. Um, so she was originally supposed to be actually um, the actress for Catherine, who replaces Kimberly in season three. Yeah, she auditioned for this, but didn't get it. But like, I could see why, because like she had more of like a prep school kind of look to her. Mm-hmm. but oh uh, yeah um and also uh at one point mariska hargitay had filmed yes scenes oh yeah in this role of of dulcia it's really interesting that would have been a totally different movie uh or, or you know this this part would have been so different to me 
I don't know if she was a known actor at the time, but you know, she definitely was later with Law and Order SVU for sure. That would have been so weird. Yeah, I know, right? Would have been cool. Like, I like that actress. Um, but I also I really like this actress too. Like her outfit's definitely pretty skimpy, especially for like a kids' show. But I mean, good for her. She can do what she wants to do. She's got the whole planet to herself, basically. So yeah, right on. And while this is happening, Ivan News makes toxic waste because we're in the nineties. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, oh yeah. And he turns into like a creepy wizard, like showman, like knockoff of like the Tim Burton Batman Joker character to give out for use mm-hmm. to the kids. Love it. I also think it's it's weird that that Ivan Ooze waited until the Tengu flew all the way back and then they had to like verbally tell him what happened. Like they don't have a communications device, even though he has powers where like he literally formed them out of his spit. So he obviously has some crazy magic. Like he turns the, the ooze factory on, like makes all the machinery work just by shooting it with his magic powers. But he doesn't have a way of calling the Tengu from the other planet or like, I don't know, it just seems so weird that he had to wait until they flapped their wings all the way through outer space back to Earth before he knew what happened. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was far enough away that he couldn't tell. I don't know. But um, then they have some conversation with Dulcia where she's mean to them and like beats up Tommy. And then she's like, oh, you know, Zordon, I'll give you animal spirit powers, whatever. Well, the animal spirits were already deep within each ranger. So like... These rangers at least have some kind of connection in their spirit with these ninja zords, which I think you had talked about on an earlier episode, like maybe your first or second episode where you're talking about Power Rangers, um, about like what's the connection with the zords. And there there really wasn't one with the dino zords, even though those are like their classic ones. It just seems so weird that now they're like, oh, you have a deep spiritual connection with these zords you haven't met yet. Like, I know you already got those zords back on Earth, but these are within your spirit. It just seems so weird, like, that they have this deep connection with something they haven't met yet, and the thing they do have, they have no connection with. Very strange. It's not great, because, <laughs> um, it's not great, because, like, cultural appropriation, um, and, like, there's later a point in, like, Zeo, I guess, where Tommy meets his, like, long-lost Native American half-brother, and oh. they're, like, he's, like, guided by the Falcon Spirit or something to do it. So, like, it's kind of wow. cool it comes back later, but also, like, it's kind of shitty. Like, <laughs> just use yeah. something with other culture. That's interesting. Huh. It's convenient that they're the same spirits as, like, the animal spirits of Legend. <laughs> That's fun. That's good for them. <laughs> right? That just worked out. And there's six of them, and there's six of these things on the, like, you know, carved thingy. And there's six of these zords that fit together, which most Megazords are made of five pieces. Um, but, yeah, they each get a new animal that they're connected to. Um, I feel like Kimberly kind of got ripped off yeah. going from a pterodactyl to a crane. Like they're both flying creatures, like small, like kind of effete, thin creatures. And Aisha went from a saber toothed tiger to a bear. Like those are both mammals. Everyone else went from at least, you know, a dinosaur or some kind of reptilian creature to something different. I mean, like, um, in the show, they like make a point of, oh, yeah, like Kimberly, like it's like, oh, Rocky. You're strong. And it's like, oh, Kimberly, you're pretty like a crane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dulcia does like say, you know, you're Billy, you're like the wolf cunning and swift. Like she has like all these little like fortune teller, like uh, fortune cookie things about each person and why they are that animal. But eh. yeah. And um, I always re- remember the scene where like 
you see Adam sad because he's a frog, but then she's like, oh, like a frog, you kissed them to be a prince. And he's like happy, and that's like the only moment he gets in the whole movie, really. Yeah, he has a few little like jokes about being a frog. Like, it seems like he's starting to come to terms with it, but yeah, I like that. And I, I guess that was obvious, uh, evidently in, in Ad Lib as well, the I'm a frog part, which I thought was like one of the best lines of the whole movie. Yeah, which is like this, a this fun way him like weird. come to terms with it. His his arc is yeah. that he's a frog, right? Again, I like that. Yeah, sorry. No, you're you're good. Um, I had comments about the Zords, but we should we should save that till we get to the Megazord. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert! There's a Megazord in the Power Rangers movie. Well, like in the like Japanese show Kaku Ranger, um, they there's five of them. Like there's a white, red, blue, yellow, and black ranger. So there's no pink ranger. So like though like. Like Tommy Zord is like a sentient other Zord that joins them to make like a Ultra Zord or whatever. So it's not like mm-hmm. a part of the main combination. So like it's like I didn't remember that he was at the end of this lineup too, also to be the focus again, so that she could say, "And oh, Tommy, you're the coolest of them all. You're the Falcon. You're better at flying and and yeah. you, and stuff than Kimberly. And you can cool. You can shoot like cool missiles out of your wings. Like that's definitely the coolest looking Zord." Out of the set, I think. I like them with like the open face ninja look or like just covering the mouth. Then like in the yeah. show, they cover their the whole COVID-19 face. COVID-19 look. Yeah, I like it. When they're covering the whole face, Tommy just looks like a white supremacist. And <laughs> it's not a great look. Like I like like the half concealed look. Um, And then we cut to Fred's dad being a fireman and finding some ooze and getting mind controlled. As Ivanu says, let's get sticky as all the parents have to dig out his ectomorphicons like monsters. Yeah, I kind of like this this plot point like it's kind of scary for a kid like it feels like a goosebumps book like the parents are all getting mind controlled and like that's kind of cool. I think that's neat. They can't get help by Dulcia cuz she can't leave the plateau so she turns into an owl <laughs> which is like yeah, I can't like, leave so I'm going to be an owl so it can get talked so to me. weird. Oh, and um I don't know if this part's happened yet or not but they are walking through like a bunch of skeletons in the woods and they're like, Oh, Hey, I'm in Jurassic park. Huh? huh. And like next to my the notes, skeletons yeah. come to life. What'd you say? That's like right next to my notes too. Yeah. That's a, that's a dub part. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you didn't have to say that. I don't know. Like whatever. They could have like whistled the theme song. You've been a little more clever with it, but they, the skeletons of these dinosaurs come to life and they have to fight them. And there have been like several moments in this movie where they have, not only the goofy sound effects from a regular Power Rangers movie or show where they're like when they move their arm like, you know, a foot, it makes like a whipping sound or like when they nod their head, it makes a whipping sound. But there's all kinds of weird cartoony sound effects in this movie, too. Like one of the Tengu gets like knocked on its butt and it like makes a fart sound effect. And like, yeah, in this Tommy pulls the like bone out of this dinosaur skeleton's neck and it makes a burping sound. It's like, what? I think doesn't have a stomach. Like, why is it burping? It doesn't make any sense. There's just all kinds of weird like cartoony sound effects you wouldn't expect to see in any feature film. Like even a kid's movie doesn't have like burps and fart sound effects in it. It's really weird. I mean, uh, not like I mean, the ones some. I remember that are good. <laughs> That's a good point. Like how often are you like going back and watching like every kid's movie released in 1995 or whatever? More often than you'd think. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I feel like our generation has the time and, and the energy and cares to go back to nostalgic stuff more than previous generations. Not that I've seen every single thing, but like I have seen Matilda as an adult, for example, you know, 
don't remember any fart sound effects. I don't know, maybe Danny DeVito's character, you know. But think of how many movies were also on like the rack at Blockbuster next to Matilda that you don't remember. Like, you know? Like, <laughs> That's true. Um they're like cheesy stuff. Yeah. yeah. And like again, Tommy just wins and like he's the one who's able yeah. to break the monster. It's kind of funny because like it's like an alien dinosaur, but it kind of looks like a triceratops and it attacks Billy. I like that. Yeah, that was kind of cool. It was weird to me that they didn't comment on the fact that they all have like a close connection with dinosaurs, but I guess we're trying to teach the audience that they they need to go buy the new toy of the frog and the bear and everything. Um, but yeah, there's a Tommy gets to run up a tree and do a backflip onto a dinosaur's back, and he gets to do like this cool corkscrew kick. And yeah. earlier in the movie, he got to do like a marching drop kick where he's like flying yes. drop kick and then starts marching on the person's chest. Like that makes a lot of sense physically speaking, but he says like um, going up like an elevator and like spins to the next floor of the like construction site in like a reverse home alone scene. <laughs> uh, so good. I forget the context of the, of like my note here, but it says mass parent suicide. Oh yeah. Cause like that's what Ivan says. All right, parents go jump off a cliff and they just go. Yeah. He, he uses them to create, to dig up his, uh, whatever they're called, Morphicons, Ectomorphicons. Morphicon is the Power Rangers convention. Uh, Ectomorphicon are the those titans. And so, yeah, they, they finish doing their work, and he's like, okay, guys, just go jump off a cliff. But, like, I feel like as an evil villain, you would want to keep using your mind-controlled slave labor or enslaved person labor to keep making more evil stuff. But I guess he just wants the planet to be empty. Like, I don't know if he just wants more... A totally deserted planet, so you can just drive a dirt bike around naked. Like I don't know what Ivanus's angle is, but six thousand years ago, was it, was he doing the same stuff, like just wiping out all the creatures on the Earth? It seems weird. And again, like there's no motivation there. Just like Lord Zed, just I want to be a bad guy, so I'm a bad guy. Like I guess he wants to be a bad guy, so he's gonna kill everybody's parents. That's cool. Yeah, um, it's just to do stuff to give the kids to do more later, I guess. But um, now here's where we meet the stone like guardians and these were yeah. really cool. Like I loved these growing up. I, I remembered them being really cool. And then when I watched them this time, okay, I was yes. so stoked for the special effects. I'm like, cause they're, they're these like sculpture things like engraved into this huge door. And I know they're going to come to life and I know it's going to look wicked awesome, but they just do this like dorky overlay thing. Like, like they've done in, in kind of old common writer where it's like, you just transform like, I don't know. It just they like crossfade from one video feed to another where it the it does not look smooth at all. Like it does not look like the sculpture. Like the actual actor in the suit looks so different. Totally different like color scheme and different design even. It just it was so disappointing as an adult. I'm so sorry. Yeah, the the stone creature things look look totally different than the sculpture. So sad. And it's kind of weird cuz this is actually like the main fight scene in the movie for like the rangers if, like if you think yeah. about it because like there's no scene where they come back and they fight like on the human level of anybody so like, this is like the main and they like i forgot how much like the guys save the girls in the scene because like it's like um hmm. tommy and kimberly break one of them by like leveraging a rock but it can only be like happen once tommy's there there's like a scene right where, like, she's not strong enough to push the rock yeah oh uh, there's like a scene yep. where like aisha is like, trapped in a like small like cubby like getting attacked when like and she's like scared because there's a, a, a deceased body and there's like a skeleton in that little cubby thing like so she's scared yeah there's such damsels here like they do some stunts and stuff but it's not normally it's not it's not normally this like sexist 
in this TV show. So like Tommy and Kimberly take out one. Um, Rocky and Adam drown one or like make it just like here in the water. It I couldn't tell if it was like acid water or just like it, it looked was like made it was like dirt. bubbling and turned into um, like dust or turned into gas or something. It was really weird. Oh, there's one fake out where like Billy sends some rope to Adam and they like cut one in half. Like they make one of them like cut one in half. Um, Talk about a splitting headache. Yeah. Ugh. There's the seed where Rocky does like a split over like a spear and is like, whoa, that could have gone badly. <laughs> yeah, that part was kind of funny. Like there's a few parts of this movie where I'm like, that's cute, but it's not really funny to an adult audience. And then, like you said, like a minute ago, Tommy gets the focus again because he like kills one on his own with like a corkscrew kick again. So, like, yeah, he just comes flying from across the set, like from downtown. Down, and he's just down. doing a flying drop kick. And then he just immediately starts spinning like crazy, like halfway through. And that one kick does it and like makes it fly back and break. And then like the power opens up and they're like, oh, cool. We have powers now. Yeah, they they open the door and suddenly get they get their old costumes back, but with the new coins. Strange. There's one scene where like you see like it might be at the end with Zordon, but like it's like you see their old coins and their new coins in like a line, and that looks cool. I don't remember that. Wow, that sounds cool. Might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch the last like 15 minutes of the movie on like one and a half speed because we were about to start the podcast, and I was like, oh crap, I thought I'd have time to finish this. I did, but it was on one and a half speed, so I might have missed a scene or a shot. Uh, yeah. So then they go back to planet Earth, right? Yeah, they t- teleport back. They have the power. And um, there's a scene where Ivan Ooze just says, the boys are back in town as his robots like get filled up with like ooze and start to attack the city. Yeah. These robots, I think, look pretty cool, though. Like They're solid like chrome. And I expected this to look dorky. Like Last time I watched this movie was like eight years ago, and I thought the Zords look t- terrible in this movie, but this time I was like, honestly, I've seen such worse CG since then that I think they look kind of cool. And the Chrome was a cool choice. Yeah. For 1995, like this is one year after Toy Story, which was the first, you know, fully computer generated film. So for one year after the first, like full CG movie, it looks decent to me. Hot take, uh, not quality, but like in visual design, they look better mm. than the, stuff from like the like 2017 movie yes that is the main thing i dislike about the 2017 movie is the megazord it looks like crap it looks as ugly as alpha 5 looks in that movie yeah like you know it's like let's just make this like look like a weird snaky version of the michael bay transformers but like those things look crappy too like you should have made them look like the original megazords which look like the original transformers which is a much cooler aesthetic then all yeah. this new like movie stuff, which everything just looks ugly and poorly designed and so like smooth and curvy and skeletal. And ugh. I'm a huge fan of the old yes. school of Zords. Huge fan. Love them all. They're all amazing. In January, when we talked about that movie, I said it. I don't say it again. Um, If you have a bunch of dinosaurs that turns form into like a warrior mech and you mess that up. that's really just that's so much on you there's like the work was done for you it just has to be like these dinosaurs come together to become a robot that's it that's so easy it's so iconic like you know how much work people do to like get to that it's like um, so true yeah it's like um how in the michael bay tmnt movie they were aliens or whatever 
and just like right. their name is TJ. They're called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's already there for you. The work is done. It's <laughs> iconic. Everyone knows that you're messing up right now in a way that it should be like a this should be like bumpers up like bowling right now, but somehow you like threw it behind you. Uh, yeah, so strange. I mean, I like a lot of the stuff they did with that movie, but the Zords were a huge failure. Humongous. I like that movie besides when they were Power Rangers. Wow, good point. I like, yeah, I like the teenagers. I like their like plot lines. Those characters actually have some drama and can have yeah. like character growth. Man, yeah, that's a good point. And like, <sighs> and like Elizabeth Banks is great, even though she has to like eat Krispy Kreme in that movie. <laughs> Weird. And, she yeah. sure does. Poor thing. So Ivan smells teens again, and um, hey, my notes actually have Tommy, Adam, and Billy look best. So I guess I knew what I. <laughs> you yeah, you had your opinions formed. Zord Schmords, I'll crush them like roaches, which is a great line. There's a lot of like pretty good one-liners in this, considering what it is. There's a lot of decent ones. Um, there's a scene of like the teenagers and kids of angel grove like having this cool ooze party because all the parents are gone and i love this and i'm living for this and i want to have a real ooze party like for my birthday next year maybe please mom um it would be so cool like all the kids have like various shades of purple on they're like pouring ooze into like a a cake or something like a bunt cake and it's just like a cool like teen party with there's like no drinking or anything that everyone just playing with with ooze that's so cool growing up purple it's so cool. They're blowing bubbles and, and stuff too. Yes, and the music is cool. And man, it's awesome. But like they're playing with the ooze, so maybe like the whole like teen thing is like, oh, there's some magics that teens resist. Maybe that's it. Like, oh, you can't be um, like taken over by the magics of Ivan ooze if you're a teen. So maybe that's it. So, like they're playing with the yeah. ooze that mind control people. Because the the adults when they touch it get mind controlled, but the teenagers just maybe they get like a cool buzz going or something. I don't know. Yeah, and like um, this scene is where like the trouble songs playing, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. This is what being a teen's gonna be like as a kid. That's what I thought it was. Right, that music video could have just been this scene, but like turned up to eleven because this scene was already really rad to me, even though it's really short. And I also really love that Fred, you know, our our Messiah from earlier in the film, is like, hey guys, they're gonna kill our parents. And you'd expect all the cool teens at this party to be like, screw you, kid. Like, let me give you a wedgie and lock you in a closet or something. But nope. Lo and behold, a few minutes later, we cut to like an army of teens following this little boy messiah, like to save the parents. It's great. And like um, that they like jump the turnstile and get on the monorail and they're just like all going out. And like there's actually very little bulk of skull in this movie. They're basically in like three scenes. Mm-hmm. They're basically just equal peers with these teens for the rest of the movie. Which makes sense. Like they are, they do kind of rescue the the Power Rangers, basically. But I don't know. I like when Bulk and Skull are, are good guys. I like you know kind of a when good guys go when bad guys go good. They just became cops in like season three of Power Rangers for us. So we're like, oh, they yeah. became junior cops, which wasn't pretty great. weird. Um, yeah, and um, the Zords have cool cockpits, and like Kimberly says, nice stereo, which cool. Yeah um cute six thousand plus year old system that at least has a stereo i think the zords actually look better here individually than when they make the zord later where it kind of looks like a weird cg mess like it's like a it's the worst megazord especially the head like to me the head is the most iconic part of any zord like megazord 
And this one looks so dumb. Like, it looks like an accident. It looks like it was not designed by a human, but rather there were, like, three things in a box, and they shook the box, and they're like, oh, there's, there it is. That's the Megazord head. This is our big, you know, like, money shot for this movie. It looks just horrible, and I'm disgusted, and I never want to think about it again. It looks like it was a painting of the Megazord, and then it rained a little bit. <laughs> uh, but no, um, oh, it's horrible. they all have their moment, like, the frog gets one with the frog and the wolf rips off a tail then like the bear fights one and the ape grabs one um kimberly gets trapped by some force lightning as like goldar and ivan is talk about how cute she is yeah that scene was like kind of sweet in a way of them like those two guys like bonding over like a, a shared crush but like that's cute when kids say that stuff but like grown adult monsters like it's pretty creepy honestly yeah and like like it's okay for me to have a crush on her but not those guys and like i get where like people say like oh he's a monster but also like she's 16 uh yeah so he's that kind of monster tommy has to save the day and win again because he destroys one of these like by himself uh again. yeah his falcon like moves its wings forward so it's no longer flying but just starts shooting rockets out of the end of its wingtips which is super cool it's super cool doesn't make sense physics from a physics perspective but yeah you better believe i recreated that with my, my toy version of that zord a lot no like the first couple seasons of power rangers like up to like when zordon died like i um would totally like make a shelf for all of those zords um but yeah they're good zords and um then Ivanus like stretches his face in like a really creepy scene to go into his other ectomorphoconic titan is what they're called and then like yeah that design's kind of weird because he looks like a weird shade of purple and he grabs um he grabs the angel grove space needle and uses that as a sword as they form the megazord and he beats it up but tommy has to leave to complete the monorail right which is another cool scene but yeah also like how many so. seasons how many seasons tommy need <laughs> <laughs> true although his his sword is the least vital or like structurally yeah. integral zord in the the mm -hmm. megazord i guess like the main megazord's like sword gets destroyed and like it gets tossed through a building which is actually like a really cool scene mm -hmm. um and then we get reminded that there's a comet for the first time in 90 minutes as like <laughs> tommy rejoins the formation and they fly in outer space yeah it seems random to put them in outer space but everybody yeah. flies up to space there the yeah. Zord and the Ooze bot. Yeah. And like um the teens are like at the cliff trying to stop the parents who have taken hours to get there, I guess. Um <laughs> true. Angel Grove is a big city. It depends. It's sometimes it's huge, sometimes it's like a small town, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um and like there's a scene where like Fred gets like a water cannon, but it doesn't actually do anything. In my head it stopped them, but they don't actually stop till after they defeat Ivan Ooze. So like what did Fred actually do? But he's definitely blasting. So the, the teens, like these kids are pushing against their parents. Like the parents are like zombies marching towards the edge of this cliff. And the kids are just getting like shoved backwards as they're leaning into and pushing against the parents. And so then Fred's idea is to blast the teenagers in the back Spoken with the water skull, hose, yeah. which that's a really good way to like, you know, beat down a, a resistance just with water hoses. Like it's definitely super place. powerful. It does kind of like help to push like in the, push of war instead of tug of war type of thing of it but that's just definitely super painful for whoever's getting blasted so uh yeah seems 
like something a kid would think of and then try and then like get in huge trouble for because that would really hurt somebody. And like, seems like a strange idea. It's pretty ironic because um, in this scene, like there's the like parents going to do something and the kids stopping them. Whereas like in the movie theater, like everyone must be thinking, man, my kids like zombies came to see this movie and I, and I definitely tried to stop them and I couldn't. <laughs> uh, That's great. The parents are like, that's me trying to jump off a cliff right now after this stupid movie. <laughs> exactly. Just, uh, <laughs> um, like what movies came out? What came out? I actually need to know this. Like, have you ever like looked up like what movies came out? Um, ooh. Have you ever checked like what movie came out um, on like the week you were born or something? Yes, I do that for um, all of our employees at work. I do human resources and whenever it's someone's work anniversary, I pull up um, what songs were on the Billboard um, Hot 100 and Top 200 and what movies were in theaters that week or that day when they started. And it's always kind of fun to see like a blast from the past of someone who started working there in 1992 or, you know, 1976 or whatever. And like you can see um what was going on in the pop culture back then it's pretty cool this is a lineup holy crap um so <laughs> in june 1995 there was congo smoke pocahontas batman forever judge dread apollo 13 then wow. in july there was um beasties wow um indian in the cupboard babe clueless the usual suspect free willy 2 and Waterworld. That's just the notable ones, but like that's like what oh my came out. Gosh, that was actually that's huge. Unless those parents be like, "Man, I want to see that alien sex movie where they have sex and they make little aliens." Uh, I love species. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if the Sci-Fi Channel will like exist in five years where I could watch that movie, so I better go see it in right. theaters. <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah, that's rough. Hopefully, some parents got to sneak out of this and just come meet up with their kid afterward. Yeah, baby. It was the '90s. It was a different time period. You could do that stuff back then. Uh, kids would have destroyed the movie. <laughs> That's true. Uh, there's one line from Ivan News where he's like, I'll rip you apart Zord by Zord, which is cool. And they like mm. grapple in space. And like, then Aisha gets the save because she's like, she has, she breaks the glass, right? Like for, there's like an emergency button behind like a thing of glass and she breaks it and hits it. But what does it make the Zord actually do? It's a nut shot button. It needs them in the balls. <laughs> And that, like, disconnects him out of their, like, grapple they had going on. And does that just win the fight? Like, he goes crashing to Earth and that's the end? No, they bring him in the path of the comet and the comet destroys him after the mm. shot. That's right, that's right. But I usually save the day, though. I'm surprised it wasn't Tommy. Yeah, honestly, at this point, but she wins it. Um, And there's this weird scene where Bulk and Skull, like, the parents stop being possessed and Bulk and Skull, like, go for a hug, but then, like, Skull stops Bulk and they handshake instead. And I'm like, what does this mean? Wait, wait. You can't just have a scene in a movie like that. They're like best friends all the time. They can hug. Don't make them like be like pure business at the end. Yeah, it was very strange. Like, are they are they growing up or something? Like, they're getting more formal, or this is how they think good guys behave? I don't know. It seemed really weird. Yeah, bad guys hug, good guys handshake. <laughs> um, and like in my notes, I wrote Fred's dad loves him now, which like. It's kind of like this weird scene of Fred's dad being like so happy to see him. And like, I guess he was mind controlled and almost died. But still, um, <laughs> you got to win your parents love somehow, guys. They go to the command center and Zordon just died. And then Tommy says, hey, we got new powers. Maybe we can bring him back to life. Maybe the powers decide to fall all along. 
Yeah, Pikachu's tears bring him back to life, and uh, he comes back. He's fine. And Kimberly's like, oh, my dad's back again. <laughs> You've always been like a father to me. And then they're like, let's go resurrect our dead loved ones. And it doesn't work. It only works on Zordon. Yeah, they're like, okay. Oh, we've got like enough juice left. Let's go get the body of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> like whose body would be around in June 1995. And I don't know. Uh, but um, yeah, so... And they talk about like the great power, which is like kind of funny to me because like there's like a Sentai season that's like comes up later called Gokaiju, which is all about like collecting the great powers of like Yeah, yeah, that is an interesting concept. But I think they're kind of maybe starting to build up the concept of like the morphing grid and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, eh, who knows? And then the movie kind of ends with like I got the power playing, and then there's like a higher and higher fireworks scene as Fred's like, I wanna be the gold ranger. Yeah, and the there's like fireworks and there's like a huge display that says thank you power rangers and balkan's oh excuse me and balkan skull are like hey where's the balkan skull on there like kind of a cute little like tag on the this the movie there's little references like fred says something like yeah like taught me how you taught me about martial arts it's like okay i'm glad you're connected uh <laughs> and there's like a stinger where goldar is in the chair in the space base and then like is in charge until like we see like Rita and Zed come back and like stop him. Um, oh yeah. We didn't even touch on that. Rita and Zed, um, Ivan Ooze put them into like a little snow globe. So a few times they have like had little high pitched squeaky voices and like had a few little scenes of being mad about whatever. This is such a dense movie. <laughs> it is so dense, but then I feel like not that much happens somehow. There's not much significant stuff that happens. Like we could really rewrite this movie and punch it up a lot. Yeah, well, uh, rather than that, like, I actually wanted to uh, take that second to talk about how we would make an amusement park or like like some rides or like a land from this movie. Yes, dude, that would be so cool. Like, like I said, I've been trying to make a Tokusatsu uh, theme park, maybe Power Rangers specifically. But you think based just on this movie, like I could make a themed Toku one with you on your own show at some point. Like, yes. look for that, fans. But just off this movie, I think we can make a a couple rides or things. Cool. I like that a lot. How do you start making your theme parks? It's just whatever. We It's totally like conversational. So it's usually whatever like pops to your head. Like if we're designing a whole theme park, we usually start with like, how's it going to be divided up? Like, um, is it going to be divided up based on different series, like different series of Power Rangers? Or like, are they going to be different aspects of that universe? And then each little land will kind of represent each different season or different interpretations of it. But um, if it's just based on a movie, I mean, I would say we'll just kind of have it treat it like it's a land, basically, where we're just designing attractions instead of designing entire lands or like entire sections of the theme park. So, I mean, I would say if we're just going to go attractions, then we just start with whatever attractions come to mind. Um, they don't need to be in any specific order, necessarily. I wrote down um, five but, of them when I was watching. Oh, sweet, man. Oh, that's awesome. Hit me with one and I'll try to improv one. Know how like there's sometimes like... um those like parasailing rides where like you're laying down and like you're spinning in the air. Yeah. So that could be for the parachuting at the start where like, it's just playing the higher ground theme. It's just like a very basic, like, Oh, you're parachuting like the power Rangers kind of ride. That's really cool. And they've got like a indoor um, skydiving is a real thing too. And you could have that where you get to play around with a little board, but yeah, both of those are, are great. Cause that's like a pretty 
iconic scene. Um, let's see if we're going to, I'm trying to approach it chronologically through the movie a little bit, but, um, I think it'd be cool to have the, if I'm just going like whatever pops to mind, if we, we had a roller coaster where you're sitting on the back of one of those dinosaur skeletons, that could be kind of cool. Like a, a kind of rough roller coaster that's going through the jungle where that scene takes place and you're riding on the back of a skeleton dinosaur and maybe fighting against other skeleton dinosaurs or racing against them. It could be kind of cool. So I had one that was like, okay, how do you see the command center? So it must be like how like there's some roller coasters like where like the line takes you through like an area. So like you're going to the command center and walking through the command center with like cool portraits and stuff. And like, it's kind of like the um, Spider-Man video ride where like you're being like shown by alpha, like here's how we do things with the power range. And then like takes you through the construction site and like the whole fight. And it's like, Oh no, Ivan news is going to get us like one of those kind of rides where you're just, you're just like, in a room but moving around or whatever or like going through a building cool yeah that's awesome we could also have a similar kind of queue going through there that is an attraction where you are in the cockpit of the megazord like oh yeah this is basically the only you know thing that's been in my mind for this tokusatsu theme park would be having it uh basically like a video game almost where there's five or six different people controlling different parts of it like one person is just controlling the left arm so you have to kind of coordinate and like talk to each other kind of like like on a, the bridge of on Star Trek or something like we need this person to do this thing that only they can do and we need that person to do that thing that only they can do and we need to figure out how to coordinate and work together to fight this bad guy or fight these uh I guess this would be the battle against the Ivanus thing in this universe um but you could also have single attractions where you're just piloting one yeah. zord too yeah, there should definitely be like a monorail where like it's like, oh, no, the track's out ahead of us. It's like a like Space Mountain style, like roller coaster. But then you like see the Falcon Zord and then you like turn oh. the corner and the Falcon Zord is like what you roll over. That's really cool. They had um, one more idea that's not a ride, but um, when I was a kid and we went to Disney. They had like a honey. I shrunk the kids like water park area where you like shoot water at each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just imagining like that but for like the temple area where like they fight like the stone people where it's just like there's levels and there's like places where there's like water gun emplacements and like you're shooting at each other and like walking through and like oh like here's the slide here's this you know yeah that's really cool we there's like a a kind of saying on amusement sparks which is that like blasting or shooting is okay but punching is not okay like in these kind of interactive things you're not allowed to like punch the the animatronic bad guys because then you might get too hyped and punch another you know part guest but if you have like a laser gun kind of thing you can shoot anything you want to and you won't hurt anybody um so so i think we might like budget a little bit but if we gave yeah there's not enough for a whole land i guess but right but if we gave each person like a little blaster then they could have like a an area maybe it's like that uh night scene on the construction site where there's different uh Tengu warriors like just jumping out and you have to like blast them. So basically like laser tag yeah. where there's, you know, five or six people playing as the Power Rangers and then there's a bunch of Tengu warriors that just pop up and you have to like blast them and watch each other's back and protect each other and maybe everyone has those headlamps on, but it's a really dark arena. That could be really cool and kind of like kind of like horror-ish, honestly. There would be like a Ernie's juice bar themed like restaurant. <laughs> and then like in the style of like a lot of these parks, there'd be like a random Bulk and Skulk ride that's like not really themed after the movie, but just like, oh, Bulk and Skull's like 
riled wild ride kind of like how um there's like a dudley do right ride in like universal it's like a random kind of like here's just our ride we got one that's so fun yeah something name something with their name on it right because they didn't get their name on the like uh thank you sign at the end that's really fun i was just gonna say i think ivan ooze is such a cool character it'd be neat to have him like host like a game show type of thing okay. and then the contestants you know if you lose you get like oozed instead of getting slimed but Ivan Ooze is just such a fun character and you could, you know, do a crappy version of his makeup. That's just like a prosthetic that you put on your, you know, squeaky voiced teen who works in the theme park and he can do his Ivan Ooze impression. And oh, there would definitely be a show. Ask trivia questions or whatever. Yeah, that could be pretty fun. Like a Nickelodeon 90s style game show. Yeah, they could definitely have like a ton of live shows. Um, what about mm-hmm. um, last one? Um, know how there's like a stitch ride in like in disney now like it used to be like a generic alien one that was actually kind of scary but yeah. like it's like the chairs that thing. hit you with water and stuff and like wind it's like a 4d theater where if, if it's themed it like, like an the alien gets yeah. loose yeah i love that you could do that for like ivan oozes like amphitheater where it's like oh like it's just like oh and here's my like oozman running through and like you like it's dark and you feel like some like wetness kind of stuff oh that's really cool yeah i like that and just like having you know speakers in the seats and you can like um do all kinds of of stuff with special effects to make it feel like bad guys are after you that's great my last one would be like um a stunt show with like actual people who can do martial arts and maybe some like wire fighting stuff set up but you would just kind of sit in an audience little area and maybe eat your lunch or something yeah you could watch some actual people do these cool power rangers ish stunts you know like doing the jumped uh, split leap thing where the the spear goes like underneath his legs and a bunch of the stuff from the fight scenes because there was some cool choreography in this movie and we could just kind of punch that up and basically do a live fight scene in front of the audience It'd be pretty cool and there's lots of fun like theming stuff where you could like have like a whole like finsters workshop where kids pick parts and then like it's like oh it's like being made of clay and they get like a little like oh. custom toy at the end like like uh, i like, love that parts. so much Dude, and like maybe different attractions, um, you're fighting different monsters. This would be, of course, for the full Power Rangers theme park, not just the movie version. But um, there's different monsters you fight on different attractions and you can kind of maybe get a little Finster model of any of the, the monsters that you defeated personally. Oh, or I was thinking you could good. you could go around this, the park and collect different um, like power coins of of, you know, if you went on the attraction where you're helping Adam out or you went on the attraction where you're helping Aisha they can give you like a little medallion version, like a little trinket of, of their power coin as like a keepsake. It'd be kind of cool. Oh, if it was like a full like power Rangers theme park, like they would go full on, like how they're doing like the crystals, like the Kyber crystals in like star Wars land, where it's just like each one could have like a message. You're like, Oh, this one has a message from like, Ooh, you found like the Zed power coin. What's this about? You know, that's great. And I also really love um, any kind of franchise where there's tons and tons of, of variations on it. Um, anything that that is a storyline where they all come together like like power rangers and super sentai do that really well where they bring back back um tons of generations of different power rangers um so we could do that in the theme park too where there's you know maybe a hundred different power coins you can collect because there's that many different um attractions or or little nooks and crannies you can discover in kind of pokemon go ish uh go to this area at the right time and you might get the opportunity to earn that one kind of stuff but yeah, that's basically what what amusement sparks is like. Um, usually, we you know spend more time 
fleshing out each idea as we go through and kind of talk about our love for that franchise. But that's largely a pretty good um, mini encapsulation of what the, the show's all about. And it is all ages, too. If you're looking for a podcast to play in the car with your kids or nieces and nephews or your parents or whatever, it's it's nerdy, but it's not dirty. How about that? Ooh. Uh, I just improvised that. But I'm going to start using that. It's nerdy, but it's not dirty. Oh, well. <laughs> here we're dirty and nerdy like we have like that like explicit tag like we talk a lot about rumping and riding and all this stuff (laughs) but you guys aren't like raunchy or anything like there's some shows where it's like like people are just like off the walls uh totally you know crazy or obscene or whatever you guys are you guys are a class act oh thank you i'll stop like um from next time when i had my um like cool like bulk and skull themed erotic i was gonna read Check that out. <laughs> wait no I'm, I'm interested in that um yeah you you've already got the explicit tag you might as well put all the good stuff in there yeah it's uh called uh i don't even know um it's called hmm. day of the cum dumpster <laughs> <laughs> that's the first episode yeah exactly um, <laughs> it's called bulking skull um skull bulking oh no um <laughs> skull no never mind i'm not <laughs> oh man wait that's that's a whole that's a good title actually anyway <laughs> pranks prat falls and cum shots i don't know what you would say uh but we should we have shown the ability to go on tangents though and to talk a lot about things Indeed. that we're both invested in and i feel from the energy that we just put they're actually both very infested in in our nostalgia theme like erotica so i should stop us before we keep going <laughs> right yeah i uh i only write under an alias so i'm not gonna give too many of my ideas oh out here. what is your power rangers erotica the... alias <laughs> i'm not gonna say it on air are you kidding oh my god um my name's Wait, tommy all over her <laughs> that's too good <laughs> oh. Uh. oh dude i have a theory that in the sequel to the 2017 movie tommy's gonna be a female identifying character. That's my that's my hope and my dream. I love when they do gender swap stuff, like on Adventure Time, for for example. But you know, you never see Tommy. Just that the that singer is like, you know, the teacher is Ferris Bueller style, you know, calling the name Tommy Oliver a bunch of times. But all you see is the flannel, and I'm like, that could so be a girl's flannel. That would be so cool. So we'll see. I I believe that it, the sequel can do something really cool. Yeah. I'm actually hopeful because, yeah, um, I've been burnt a lot by, like, toku movies made in America. Like, I haven't really loved any of, like, the Godzilla movies made in America, yeah. for example. I'm ready to be heard again, though. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh, speaking of being heard again, where can people find you when you're not talking about tokusatsu? <laughs> um, sure. So, Amusement Sparks is the name of the show. Um, it's, I would recommend Googling it as two words, Amusement Space Sparks. Otherwise, they think you misspelled amusement parks. Um, but we're on all social media. Uh, well, I guess not all, but Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as Amusement Sparks. Um, yeah, or AmusementSparks.com or it's in your podcast app. Check it out. And you can find me. That's my, yeah. that's my cool catchphrase. Check Sorry. it out. And um, <laughs> you can find me um, on Twitter.com at James Forge. The podcast at Common um, Ride with me. Common Ride with me.com. And sending questions and emails to podcast at com. We are going to do an off the wall bonus episode 
looking at something like the Japanese dub of King of the Hill or Surf Ninjas. Once we get, I think we still need a couple more five star reviews. I'll get that out there. And yeah. Um, so what prime should we do with the Power Rangers or what PSA should the Power Rangers teach us today? Andrew. Oh, man. So is this based on the the media we just um, discussed or is this just totally random off the wall? Uh, if you can make it based off the movie, if not, it's fine. So what lessons did we learn? I mean, I think to me it would be highlight your, you know, know your strengths and highlight that person. Whoever's on your team that has the longest hair and makes the coolest like karate sounds, like pass the ball to Tucker. You know what I'm saying? Like focus on that guy and not you. Like you don't need your moment in the, to, to shine here. Aisha was really selfish by, you know, hitting that break glass in case of emergency thing. Like that really should have been a Tommy move. Um, so that's what I'm just, I'm, I'm saying, think about which member of your team is going to sell the most merchandise and then pass the ball to them. So like what, like watch power Rangers and build up Tommy. Yeah. Um, I mean, or if you're at work and you know, there's, there's three different accountants that you work with and one of them is just a superstar and has like long hair and wears two flannels at once. Um, just put their name on all the really cool stuff that you guys complete. Yeah. Just like you know, if you get a, if you finish something really early, put their name on it. And then if, if anyone's going to take the fall for anything, it's not going to be Tommy. It's going to be you. And just take that, you know, just deal with it. It's part of being a team with the, with the rock star on it. Get used to it. <laughs> Watch Power Rangers and get used to not being the main character. I mean, unless you're Tommy, in which case, good for you. Everyone should be bowing down. <laughs> Hopefully. Okay. So, how do you want to say this in a simple phrase? <laughs> Pass the ball to Tucker, which that's from Hey Arnold, by the way. I, I'm not okay. a crazy person. That's a reference um, where there's like the the basketball coach's son. The basketball coach just tells everyone to always pass the ball to him, <laughs> like no matter the situation. Uh, so I don't know if that was a bad PSA or not, but I guess it would be like, um, make sure that your star is the one that shines. And I don't mean you. I mean the star in your area. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's on three, we'll say that together. Uh, watch Power Rangers and make sure that your star signs, not you, but the Tommy in your life. <laughs> sure. Watch Power Rangers Ready? and make sure the Tommy in your life shines. Yes, that is perfect. Okay. Um, one. Wait, on three or after three, where four would be? Where four would be. Okay. Watch, watch Power, Power Rangers, Rangers and make sure that Tommy, sure the Tommy in, in your life, life shines. shines. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. This show's great. <laughs> Thanks for being on. <laughs> <laughs>